0: Hello, and welcome back to this week's Lit AF podcast episode with me, your host, Sarah Gohan. As always, I'm so excited to be here with you this week, serving up conversations about personal and spiritual growth for the insecure attachment type Um uh, yeah, That might describe most of us, the majority of the population. It's my favorite part of the population. Ain't no shame in the insecure game. I just made that up and I loved it. <laughs> what do I have for you today? So today, oh my God. Today I talk with the girls behind Cycle Chats, the podcast, and this is such a great conversation. They are so funny. They are so profound they're so vulnerable and so authentic. Their whole mission is to destigmatize what it means to be a woman, which I just love. I'm like fully on board for this mission. Love that there are two powerful, strong women here in the US doing this mission and they're having fun while they're doing it. They're like literally having a blast, which is like, I think the secret to life and also how I just want to walk through life at all times. <laughs> stick around. This episode is so good. We talk about things that we've integrated as women, what they've had to overcome as a woman, and then um, we finish with some rapid-fire questions about just like um, how they define themselves as women, which was really, really, really fun. So we have a jam-packed episode. Please stick around. Before we get into it, as always, I have my weekly check-in, and my check-in is that I did some body work this week, some like energetic healing. She, the practitioner is like a master at all things. I think there's some Reiki going on, some therapy, massage, massage therapy, whichever way it's said, some cranial sacral therapy. The appointment was wild because when I got on the table, she just took about like a few minutes. I don't even know how many minutes it felt like an eternity to greet my body and to allow her body and her energy near my body and my energy. And she did it so incredibly slowly. And she checked in with me every step of the way and she would be like, okay, now I'm right by your feet. Now I'm moving up towards your head. Now I'm right on your right side. Now I'm going to move over to your left side. Like, let's see how this feels. And it was so respectful. Like that's what the word I said to her was like, this feels so respectful and wonderful and warm. All of it was just warm. So anyway, she only put her hands underneath my kidneys and my hips for for sustained like a long time, maybe like 20 minutes. And that was it. Like that was it. It was very simple, very profound. I could feel the organs in my body relaxing. And I finished the session just being like, wow, I didn't realize how much of my body was like crouching towards baby because I'm pregnant. So like uh, my shoulders were just kind of sloping in and all my organs, she described them as like being up by my spine instead of like not flat, but like laying towards the back of my body. And so at the end of the appointment, I was just like, wow, uh, I feel like a whole new person. I feel very separate right now from my womb space in like a really healthy way My shoulders, my chest were like up and stretched out and down. I felt so much lighter. It was just, it was wild. And then she said, drive safely. And I'm so glad she said that because I was like in such a relaxed space that I was trying to parallel park and like couldn't remember how to parallel park on a very busy street. So that was kind of hilarious. And I just like giggled to myself, like, hello. I guess I'm doing exactly what I'm supposed to be doing, which is to drive safe. So yeah, I'm still feeling the ripple effects of it, but I feel very much more in like a receiving mode. Another thing I said to her after the session was, you know, I love that my organs are taking up space and like that's what I want to do in life is just take up more space in a, in a wonderful way. And so <laughs> I started crying when I said that because I just was like, wow. My internal body is doing something that I want to see in my external environment. And that to me was so profound. Such a gentle, slow, respectful session. Can't wait to do more. The name of the practitioner, if you're in the Bay Area, her name is Eugenia Park. And she's usually bunked out, booked out like two months two months in advance. So um, if you're interested in working with her, I highly recommend it. She's in East Bay in Kensington. I'm like excited to go deeper with this type of work. I've been doing EMDR, um, which is a type of psychotherapy and trauma healing. And I've been doing, I mean, just therapy like my whole life. Um, So much shadow work. A lot of it is just so cognitive. It's very much in my thinking brain. Whereas I truly believe, and hello, high five to anyone else watching Atlas of the Heart by Brene Brown on HBO Max right now. But I truly believe that like the whole reason we're here is to feel. And so sometimes we have thoughts connected to that. That's something Brene talks about in the first episode, is like we're feeling humans that sometimes also have thoughts. But the way that our society functions is that we regard our thoughts and our brains as the like highest source of truth. And our feelings are not the first highest source of truth. So I feel like this type of work is like really exciting for the just my next step of my journey, which is always unfolding and spiraling. And so exciting. Uh, I also just love trying new things. It's like, such a mix and such a rush of like variety and anxiety that also feels like excitement and then also mastering you know like that or like learning is kind of the fun right that's like the fun part of the journey it's like the road trip is the fun part of the journey not the destination which um yeah I, I truly do believe in so very excited to be learning a new tool using a new tool trying new things. So fun. Okay, that was my very long update for this week. As always, please, 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 if you're in the Apple Podcast app or the Spotify app, leave a rating for the show. Ratings and reviews really help to share the free resources that are shared on this podcast. And I don't know about you, but on my journey, oh my God, podcasts are so incredibly helpful. The incredible knowledge that is shared here so, so, so helpful. So do me a favor, leave a review, um, write a review, leave a rating, and share with a friend if you're feeling super inspired. I would love that. And I'm sure they would too. Plus, this is a fun one. It's all about being a woman. All right. Let's get into the episode with Emily and Stephanie. And also just a, a quick plug. I will be on their podcast coming up um, called Cycle Swaps later this year. And I'll make sure to be sharing that episode. Um, I can't wait to chat with them again. They're so, so, so fun. All right. Here we go. The ladies of Cycle Chats. Oh, I'm so excited for this interview. Okay. hosts of Cycle Chat, Emily and Stephanie, will you introduce yourselves, please?
1: You want to go first? Sure. Okay. I'm Stephanie. Oh, I'm Emily. I wasn't
0: (laughs) – For anyone that's not going to be watching the video, they just pointed at each other to introduce each other.
2: (laughs) I thought you were going to do a whole bio. No, no. Absolutely
0: not.
2: Well, I'm Stephanie and this is Emily and we are the host of a podcast called Cycle Chats, which is a podcast to destigmatize what it means to be a woman. And so we sync up with one another as ladies do when we sync our cycles and we talk about all things womankind, woman empowerment, self-help, mental health, and just literally anything you could think of that a woman experiences in life, we talk about it.
0: I love that. That was good. That's good.
1: Yeah. I was gonna go in a bit more into depth about who I am. Like personally. Yeah, like personally. Yeah, tell us yeah. personally yeah. who you are as well. We do it. Okay. So this is Emily. I've we've been told that we sound the same. I don't think so at all though. Uh, Completely disagree with that. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I, I was an actor, so I have a very different idea of tone and everything. But anyway, mm. so my name is Emily, and I am the other half of Cycle Chats podcast. I am currently teaching at the college level where I teach theater appreciation and acting. And I am also an actor who tours with a show called Old Jews Telling Jokes. I was actually in <gasps> California with the show when oh. the pandemic hit, oh. which was fun. <laughs> and then Stephanie and I met because we were children's theater educators. And then since the pandemic, that. Theater has closed down, probably for the best. And okay. we just kind of, I don't know, we we were, as we say in our bio, we're like twin flames, just kind of both on the same journey. And I always say like, oh, you were the other person in on the other side of the wall that I was like knocking on the door. Hello.
2: Aww. It was Stephanie. It's true. It was me. I was just listening to music, so I
0: couldn't yeah. hear her. Yeah. <laughs> Thank God for this children's theater that closed. Yeah, <laughs> yes. yeah, yeah. The only
1: good thing that came out of that. Well,
2: we had actually <laughs> we had actually met a little bit before that because I work backstage in theater. This is Stephanie speaking by the way, just, you know, for the people who think we sound alike. Um <laughs> And I will typically work backstage. So I've been a freelance makeup artist for over 12 years, so over a decade. Wow. So I work doing that, but I also do assistant stage managing. And so I've done that for a couple theaters here uh, where we're at. And I was ASMing, as it's called, at this one theater, which is now closed. Probably for the best. Different theater.
1: Oh, no, I loved that theater. Well,
2: it, it was beautiful, but what was hard about it was that it was just not making money. And so it was it, it it made me sad and I wish it could have existed, but at the struggle and expense of everybody there, I think it closing was a departing of the of the ways. But we had beautiful memories there, and one of my favorite ones is meeting Emily. So I was assistant stage managing and as, you know, a makeup gal, I love watching actors put on makeup and she would come backstage and she's a consistent queen. She would come backstage (laughs) and she would put on this bright pink lipstick in the mirror and there were two theaters. So she was at the bigger stage and I was at the smaller one and like an absolute freak of nature. I decided to s- sit behind the clothing rack on our side and like peek through it to watch her apply this lipstick. <laughs> and then one creeper. day, yeah, yeah, total, she's a stalker, unabashedly so. <laughs> I was like, creeper. I'm gonna watch this woman put on lipstick.
0: Emily, did you know this was
1: happening? No, I knew who Steph was though because we had a, a mutual friend. Who had there also – I was about to get married and I don't even know, probably like a year from then. But I was an absolute crazy person and I needed to get everything Mm -hmm. done. I'm so type A. I need everything done to my list like months and months in advance, which is where also Stephanie and I differ, which is always super fun. But So fun. Our friend, I knew that she was a makeup artist and I didn't have anybody to do my makeup for the wedding. So I really wanted to talk to Stephanie about doing – makeup for the wedding. So I
2: cornered her one day. I was by myself and all of a sudden she's like, hey. And I'm like, that's it. (laughs) She found out I've been staring at her. I'm going to jail. It's a mess. She's like, do you do makeup? I said, yes, I do. She's like, great. I'm getting married in a year. Now I'm sure it's not at all what I make it sound like. But in that moment, this like the panic of like this girl has definitely caught me like staring at her. Like a freak, I'd like pretend to be like fixing buttons on a shirt and I'd be just like looking at her. What's wrong with me? I'm so, sure I was actually pretty aggressive though with it, because I was starting to freak out a year out. Like I don't know what phone call preceded that where she's like, That's it, I'm taking matters into my own hands. And I'm just like, you know, and and it ended up turning out to be so she doesn't like this next part, but I find it interesting. No the fa-
1: I love this story. Do you? It's super fun. I feel like you
2: I just I don't know why I always say that. I feel like this part she was always like, Oh my god, I can't I believe mean you I'm heard embarrassed that. by it, but I think it's hysterical now. <laughs> we were out to <laughs> dinner. We were out to dinner and there was live music playing. And she, I guess it had a couple margaritas. And she leans over to her fiance at the time, now husband, and says, if Steph and I are still friends, I want her to be in my wedding or to do with the, my makeup for the wedding. And I was watching her mouth move. I could have cared less <laughs> that she was like concerned if we were going to still be friends or not. I just wanted to like book the job. So I'm like, hey, I heard what you said. I would love to be your makeup artist. And she's like, ah, you heard everything i said cuz in my brain i was whispering
1: but i was drunk person screaming actually. well and she projects
2: beautifully so as we know whispering is not it's not, she stage whispers which yeah. means everyone i actually can screamed shouting yeah, <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. and she ended up messaging me and that was the first time we talked outside of we had like you know we, I think, at that point, we were just kind of work. Yeah, we were just work acquaintances, basically. And so she messaged me, and she's like, "I just wanted to say I'm really sorry," and she apologized. And I really thought that was sweet, but I can honestly tell you, even from the get go, I didn't take it personal. So I think my soul <laughs> must have known. I was like, "Oh, she's overreacting. We're gonna be friends forever." So it's, <laughs> and now we're doing a podcast together. So it, it no. I think, it all—you're in all, it
0: forever, baby. Forever. We're stunned. Oh my god. What a beautiful origin story. (laughs) It's fantastic, really. Ups and downs, twists and turns,
1: (laughs)
2: stalkers. It's It's a lifetime special. (laughs) Oh my God, yes. It's like a Christmas movie. It is a lifetime special.
0: (laughs) It ends with you booking a gig.
1: (laughs) Yeah,
2: right? And then we go off on a horse into the... Snowy that, mountains. That sounds
1: amazing. Instead of riding horses, though, can we ride a cats? giant cat? Yeah, yeah, okay. a tiger, a snow leopard. Great. There we,
0: Done. Go. we planned love it.
2: That. It's coming. I can't wait. Twenty
0: twenty three. Twenty twenty three. Watch out on Hallmark. <laughs> so good. Um, okay, so how? What inspired you to start Cycle Chats? I love the theme. I love destigmatizing being a woman. That's like. Psh, I mean, it's. I feel like this is my life's work, like <laughs> accepting the fact that I am a woman, I've got boobs, like this – yeah, that's just what I have to keep doing on my day-to-day. So I'm so curious, like what inspired you to start it?
1: So we had actually had our mutual friend who had introduced us. We were like six months into the pandemic kind of confused at like what our life would be because we literally got everything stripped away from us because of it. Mm. And yeah, so we were like, how are we gonna make money like moving forward? So we had this brilliant idea and it's still brilliant. It unfortunately has closed now since, but we started a business called Onatha, which was a menstrual subscription box company for women. Oh, yeah. And its Love purpose that. was to educate women. On their periods and like mm. everything about it because there's so much that we don't know. Like I know for me personally, I'm going to be 30 in June and we talked to our – one of our favorite guests, Audrey, and she's a period health – and like health coach and we had like a call with her before we had interviewed her and she was talking about the four phases of your menstrual cycle and I went – I'm so sorry, Audrey, um, I, I didn't – can you – explain like i i i thought it was just your period. Well, and she I also was, thought it was just like
2: ovulation and menstruation.
1: And period, and yeah. So we had no idea of these two other sections, which is crazy, right? For women, mm-hmm. like the idea that we don't even know really what's happening in our own bodies. So right. because of that, we wanted to really make the box educational because we were all teachers at that same children's theater and So we were like, okay, how can we take the education to the next level, though? And Steph and I were like, why don't we maybe start a a podcast and we can interview other women about just periods at the time we thought, which is why we came up with the name, you know, Cycle Chats. We thought it was kind of perfect to go and be a sister company with Onatha. And like I said, since then, Onatha has closed, which is totally fine. I think our method was super valid. And our point of only in the box was actually only products from women owned, small women owned businesses. Cause we're so like, we are true feminists. We really want to see women rise to the top because I think we've in society, unfortunately, been put to the bottom a lot. Uh, So since Onatha closed, we're still super strong. And like I think the coolest thing about Cycle Chats was that it started as one thing, like an an idea of just kind of an education purpose. But when we actually got around to interviewing our first guest, Nicole Snell, who's the CEO of this company, Girls Fight Back, we ended up never talking about periods. And I went – Like I had the question written down, but we had never talked about it. And I went, okay, maybe this is something else. Mm. So it kind of – we always like to kind of give cycle chats like her own persona because she is really her own thing and kind of told us what she wanted to be. So now – I think people assume that it's all about periods because cycle, which is what like the whole, you know, our name is. But it's more about breaking the cycle of what it means to be a woman and putting that into perspective because I think a lot of women unfortunately feel like there's one path that they have to follow. And we're here to tell you that there's a ton of different Mm -hmm. paths that you can follow to get you where you want to be.
2: And I love that. the cool thing too is I think in the process – is that it, you know, we all sync up. And sometimes if you're hanging out with a friend and the two of you are on your same cycle, but then learning about the four phases, it kind of clicked with me that for every phase that you're in, you're able to accomplish something different. And I think mm-hmm. that just stands for women in general. Whatever phase of life you're in, you are able to accomplish something different. And when you sync up with other women, you find that you're able to accomplish even more than that. So Mm. it's, it really, when you, at first glance, it looks like one thing, but once you start getting into what we talk about, it becomes very clear that this is just about celebrating what it means to be a woman and then also calls to action. How can we Move forward. Correct.
1: And, you know, really put that the things that they're hearing, right? Because that's a big part of it. Just listening to something is great, but actually moving and doing activity to therefore propel yourself forward is really big for us. So that's kind of where also our like little podcast came out. It's under the same cycle chats umbrella called Sync Ups. But we have get our some of our favorite guests come back and they do like a four episode mini series about wow. how to actually apply the things that they learned in the podcast to become the best versions of themselves. And I can tell you, because both Steph and I have the same experience, that we are infinitely better people than we Were when we started this. We are Mm. more educated. We are more inspired. We are more empowered Mm. and like just better connectors and communicators with one another, with our partners, Mm. with our family, with ourselves. Like I have so much more confidence in myself now. And because I'm a teacher, I always say education is key. So like educating yourself and then implementing what you've learned
0: gold, gold. You struck gold. That's amazing. Good for you for like following where the podcast wanted to go. I have a very crazy similar origin story for my podcast, which is insane. So I'm going to side tangent really fast, but I started a cape company, like a superhero cape company for festivals that were like made out of sequins. And they were like, over the top ridiculous like <laughs> i clearly have a background in theater too i just like wanted to be like out and about and like seen very seen so i started this company and then i quit my job my full time job to be doing cape's full time um and i announced on January 1st, 2020, that I would be stepping away starting April 30th, 2020. So in the time between of announcing that I was leaving to going full-time for my gift company, obviously COVID hit, And people were not going to festivals. I had signed up to like Vend at all these festivals in California. And I was so excited. And then one by one, each of them was like canceling. And I was just kind of like, fuck. But my favorite part about doing this cape company was making the media around it. So I was like, okay, I'm going to start a podcast. And the first person I interviewed was someone that like does face bedazzling. So like went really well with capes. Like you put – you know, you like literally glue crystals to your face. while And then you put your cape on. So our first episode – I'm interviewing this amazing woman and she's talking about like face painting, body painting. And then all of a sudden she starts, she's like, so, you know, I've also do EFT tapping and I'm a certified teacher in that. And basically I found this tool because um, I had to deal with like a lot of sexual assault as a child. And I was just like, okay, this show is about trauma. This show is about healing. (laughs) Like, This show is about very much overcoming, you know, childhood trauma. So... It's so crazy how the podcast like shows you where to go. And if you listen, I feel like it's a beautiful journey, but some, you know, not everyone listens.
2: Correct. And that was something that talking to other people, they're like, you can't be afraid to change. You can't be afraid to change. You can't be afraid to fix what's not working. And... Emily and I have had many, many conversations with one another where I'm like, if something's not working, we cannot force ourselves to stay in that box. And I will tell you that in the beginning, if you look back at our post, it's different. It's a lot Mm. different because I feel like we've become more weird as it's (laughs) developed. I mean, I was always
1: weird, but But now I think it was more polished
2: weird. We tried to be very like, Mm. like professional weird and now we're totally. just we're just being normal person weird and just who we are weird and i think that that is something that's important too because you can't life is too short to be anything but you
0: 100 percent. and talking 100%. to these
2: women i always bring up i love love therapy like tattoo Mm. it on my forehead. I love Mm. it. And I bring it up constantly. (laughs) And if I could kiss my therapist, I would, you know, (laughs) and she, and so a lot of times that's a really bonding experience with people is you'll bring something up about recovery through, you know, anxiety, depression, whatever you're going through, sexual assault, traumas, and it's amazing what happens when you are able to make space and be vulnerable with another woman that you've just met. And it, it has made us realize how very similar all of our stories really mm. are. And you always think you're alone, and all of those things make you feel alone. Society makes you feel alone. Like you can't talk. mm -hmm. Yeah. You're not allowed to talk about it. You're being emotional. What's wrong with you? And then once you kind of strip that away, and like, you know, we say we break the cycle of what that means, we start to see that there are other women that are like minded, and you start to kind of come into your own power with it. And that's been a very unique experience and something that's been very uplifting is being able to say, you know what? I I'm coming into my own and I actually don't need to be embarrassed about this. Yeah. I can I Ugh. can Yeah. It, Cause why? For what? Embarrassed about what? Yeah. And we're exactly. all also so much better together
1: than we are yes. separate. Like mm-hmm. women, like just this, right? Just like us talking to you, we are now creating a narrative of this. And therefore that narrative is going to go. And like I said to say to my students all the time, like you can drop the pebble in the pond and see the ripples. And while you may not see how those ripples were made into waves in your lifetime, you are creating waves of change. So I think that really matters because women are so strong together. When we get together and we're like, Yes, like let's talk about all of this. And that's how we rise to the top. We can only yep. rise to the top together, which is like one of my biggest problems with social media. So I'll get on a small rant about that. Please. Um, So I fucking hate social media. That's my first <laughs> F-bomb. That's right. I fucking hate yes! social media. Uh, I think it is. Everybody drink. I, <laughs> I think it is the devil. I tell my students all the time to please, please, please be careful of the content that they are intaking and careful of the content that they are putting out there because we need to be better at – just as human in society about how our our, our perception of society or perception of self impacts other people. I don't think a lot of people think about that. So like when all of these girls use face-altering filters, how is it affecting the next generation? You can't just think about yourself. That's going to have a great impact on somebody who's flipping through things and go, oh my God, I don't look like that. Why don't I look like that? I need to look like that. She's perfect. No, 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 no. And also, my other huge thing about social media and why I hate it so fucking much is that people are so scared about this fucking algorithm that we live in as a society. Mm. Stop putting yourself in a goddamn box, right, and sprout out of it. You're never going to grow in a box. So take yourself out of it. However, this Mm. algorithm that we live in as a society, literally, it's all over the place. It's not even just on Instagram. It's in your entire lives, people. It is literally forcing you into a box, And people are so worried about numbers and how many people they're following versus how many people are following them. So they're like, oh, I like this content, but I don't want to follow them because my number will then go up and like, (laughs) I don't want to do that. I'm like, what are
2: you doing? It's like, I'm so confused. Like if you Uh. like the content, why aren't you following it? You know what it reminds me of? (laughs) Well, no, and it's, it kind of reminds me of, so I think how we've adopted moving forward with our podcast is we follow it a little bit. But then once we get the attention of people, we're like, ha, gotcha. And I like to to kind of compare it to Lady Gaga. Mm. When she first started, she was being authentic, but she was being very strategic and very smart. She's a phenomenal performer and she knew what sold. She knew how to get people to pay attention to her. Once she had that notoriety, that fame, that attention, eyes on her, she started to release things that were more true to who she was. And you saw people were like, "Ugh, we want the old Gaga back. But those (laughs) were never people that were actually like real true fans of hers. Mm. And then you started to see, oh, these people who were really touched by what her message was and who she was and what she talked about behind that facade we're like, yeah, man, this is what I want to see. I thought that was so smart. I was like, she got the platform, she got all eyes on her, and now she's gonna show who she really is. And I think that's a great way to if you're gonna play the game of the algorithm, which we all have to do in order to be careful of this. Just be very cautious you don't get so lost in the sauce that you continue to do something that does not serve your purpose. Or is true to who you are. Yeah. So I
0: love
2: that. We'll play it a little bit, but we're always gonna say once we gotcha, we're gonna be like, "But this is who we are," and you can either stick around or you can, <laughs> yeah, dip, dipsy do die. You know, we're not here to un-flow.
1: just, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. We're not here to just post pretty pictures of ourselves for accolades, right? I hate when mm-hmm. girls do that, and all the guys are like, "You look so hot." I'm like, "All right." cool what is she but a- if a
2: girl says I look hot I'm like thank you queen I appreciate thank you, you. Yeah. yeah we
0: feel seen yeah exactly. i like uh, well, I don't we- do
2: it I don't do it for guys attention I do it for little girls who are like you look cool and I'm like mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah so
1: yeah. I always just tell my students just be careful of what you're double tapping too right it's just taking a second to be mindful in that space mm-hmm. and like Follow content that makes you think because we were literally – my kids are almost done with their semester, and by kids, I mean students. I always say my kids because they (laughs) are my kids, Um, but – they're at the end of their semester and we were just watching like a performance art video and in the video, which is also what like one of my main like things that I like to say in life, right. is like, if something makes you uncomfortable, it's probably because you have something to learn from the experience. Mm -hmm. So even if you're in an uncomfortable situation, try and stay there a second longer and say, why is this making me uncomfortable? Which is one of Stephanie and my favorite questions. Why? We don't ask why enough. Uh, And Explore that so that you can therefore learn a lesson and, and proceed forward because we just we need more of that. We're all taking everything so much at face value because of these, you know, because of Instagram, because of Facebook, because of this picture perfect thing that doesn't actually exist.
2: Well and also it mm-hmm. completely extremist views on things. Yeah. It, oh my
0: god, yeah. I, I find such it, black and white thinking.
2: <laughs> yes. I find it becomes very hard when you're talking to somebody who thinks that you should be fighting at the front lines, there's a place for everyone. So you can either choose to fight at the front lines. I respect that. But then there are also the quiet warriors, as I like to call them that do it behind the scenes. I mean, a a show, a play in theater or a a TV show is nothing without every person because then you just have someone standing, talking to an empty room you need lights, sound, costume, hair, makeup, and audience. I mean, it, it there's so much correlation to that. But people always want to just be the star, the actor, the person in the front, the person being seen. Well, you're not going to be seen if you don't have a camera. You're not going to be heard if you don't have sound. You, you know what? So it's things like that that I, I, I just wish we could get to a place where we're able to all sit, break bread with one another, and say hey, here are the issues, let's talk about them and then where can we meet in the middle and what are our non-negotiables?
0: I hope that we're moving in that direction in general, personally. And I think a lot of this work that you're doing to help women just really accept themselves is like a part of that journey. Hey there. I hope you're enjoying this week's episode. I know I am. If you're enjoying the Lit AF podcast, I humbly ask you to make a financial contribution to the Lit AF tip jar. Your support will help make this podcast happen. Financial contributions help to cover costs like podcast hosting site, podcast recording software, and it also helps us to pay our amazing talented podcast editor that brings us these sweet episodes every single week. Monthly and one-off donation options are available and we've got some sweet thank you gifts for everyone participating. If you're interested in making your financial contribution, please visit sarahcohan.com forward slash tip jar. That's S A R A H C O H A N dot com forward slash tip jar. Now back to this week's episode. Thank you so much. So I'm so curious, like, what is the biggest thing as a woman that you've either had to integrate or overcome?
2: Well, I will tell you, I recently came out as queer. Um, I don't, yeah, I don't like talk about it a lot, a lot, because it was just something that I always knew, and I think what's hard is that I always, I couldn't figure out the terminology, because I always dated men, and I'm with a man now, but I just, I felt like I was being insulting to myself by saying I was totally straight, and then bisexual had a weird connotation to it, which is a shame, because I have bi friends that really get the shit stick from other people who Mm, are like uh you're just picking and choosing and it's like that's like extremely offensive and invalidating like how would you feel if somebody did that to you but for me i just i really had to take a good hard look at that 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 sat deep down in me and i was like i'm queer i i just i it felt correct to me and so i didn't have this big coming out party about it but i told my partner i said hey i I just want to let you know, like, I think I'm queer. And he's like, yeah, duh. Like, because he's he's known me since high school. Oh, my God. They've been best friends for 12 years. Yeah, we've been best friends for a really long time. And then one day I was like, I think I'm in love with you. And he's like, bitch, I've been in love with you forever. He didn't say that. (gasps) But, like, he was like, yeah. So it was kind of one of those things. And, like, he always knew and we always joke around that. I'm like, that's it. You're the last man I'm ever going (laughs) to date. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> I'm done. So it just, it really, it, it was important to me. So that was something I had to overcome because there was a lot of religious beliefs mm-hmm. from growing up that caused me to hate that part of myself and to really be um, hard on myself and question myself. And um, mental health is something that's really important to me. I have OCD, which is obsessive compulsive disorder, and um, I am currently in recovery for generalized anxiety disorder. So I'm working through that and just recovery for OCD as well. They're kind of, they're both considered anxiety disorders. And again, something that I just, that was never talked about. It was always hush hush in my family and at no diss to them because they were just going off of what they knew. And so I almost had to come in and kind of kick the door down in those arenas because I wasn't living truthfully and it was really hindering my ability to be myself and like live life. And so coming out as queer and being able to talk about mental health to the level I talk about it as openly as I talk about it and experience it was, I mean that was the biggest hurdle I think I've had to kind of overcome. And it wasn't necessarily even for other people. It was for myself because I self-stigmatized and self-loathed those parts of me that weren't actually, they're not bad. They're just human. And being able to experience them is like to, to heal is to feel. So being able to feel things and kind of come into my own so that's where you see all the colorful hair all the I normally have a lot of makeup crazy makeup on and like jewelry and stuff but yeah that none of this was around before because I was just trying oh to God. be like I was taught that long hair is pretty and men don't like too long nails but not too short and no black oh nail polish and, mil- and yeah and so it's I'm definitely more comfortable in my own skin so that that's oh. my my thing
0: and we celebrate you. Congrats! Mm-hmm. That is not easy. I um, I had a similar coming out, very quiet coming out, and it was the hardest thing I've ever had to do. It took years, decades, really. Yeah, yeah. Congr- oh, therapy. I mean, uh,
2: listen, therapy. Love it. Tattoo here, oh. but back, backwards,
1: as I always but say on the podcast, so, so that you can, can see it. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> knowing me, I do it so that like it. You can read ahead. it. Yeah. No.
2: People would be like, "What does that say?" And I'd be like, oh, "Damn it." Yeah.
1: Ugh. No, you want it the other way. <laughs> uh, so for me, I think the biggest thing that I've had to overcome as a woman is stems from what you talked about, right, is this childhood trauma, which is huge and I, I have a lot. Um, so in my household growing up, I had um, a mom and a dad, but they had very different gender roles than what society tells us, right? So my mom was the one who wore the pants and my dad was the more emotional one. And I grew up believing that mom and dad was based on the role that you play in the family, not the gender itself. So I actually called my dad mom and my mom dad for a very, very long time until somebody told me that I was wrong. And I was like, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't realize. <laughs> I thought it was based on the role that they played in the family, not the gender <laughs> itself. Um, but I did that's it all you, the time.
0: <laughs> that's so wild the names were gendered for you and not the gender. Like, yeah. Gender. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's so wild. It was. That's
1: what I thought. I did it until like, I think it was like eight or nine and somebody was wow. like, you know that you're wrong? And I was like – I don't. I don't know. (laughs) This was my reality that I was living in. So, my mom, being the more masculine type, right, and wearing the pants in my family, she was also very emotionally unavailable to us. Her love always came conditionally. So, we she only loved us, unless until we did something that she didn't approve of, which was really difficult, right? But then, then we have my dad, who's like the most amazing and emotional man ever who also just recently came out after 70 years oh, oh yes. my god so yeah. i so much celebration so much, so 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 proud of him i think it's amazing wow. clearly my parents got a divorce when i was 21 but he recently came he's out he's living
2: his truth too i saw yeah. him the other day and i was like um never looked better damn. yeah he looks oh. so good and i'm like um, you better work Yes. Yeah. So like – Daddy. Exactly. Daddy. I'm so
0: sorry. No, I'm so
1: proud of him. No, I'm so – my brother will hate that I say this, but he literally – my dad is so, so funny and so open because that was always like a thing in my family. So he'll like sometimes call and he's like, hey, can you take some sexy photos of me? And we're like, daddy. (laughs) And he's like got his shirt open. It's nothing below the belt. It's just like usually shirt open that he wants to show people. It's very funny.
2: Um, And I totally feed into it. There are things that like sometimes I'll go over to his house and if I have to like because I store things in his garage. or like, I'll pick it up. Yeah. And him and I will talk. And we'll get a little bit more detailed than what she would do. Because I'm like, there's, okay. yeah, there's
1: a boundary there I'm that like, I don't cross. cross. I'm like the adopted daughter. you get the tea. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah. Stephanie gets the tea and then tells me later. I <laughs> like
2: I didn't want to know. <laughs> yeah, I edit it for her hearing comfort. Smart. I'm like, Very smart. Mm-hmm,
1: yeah. I'm not going to say that. <laughs> so for me growing up in that dynamic, right, it was like I always – and because, like I said, my mom was emotionally unavailable to us. And also she was extremely abusive emotionally to my dad. So I grew up with the idea of love being emotionally abusive. So when I started getting into relationships, I was like, the way that somebody shows me that they love me is through emotional abuse. So I have been emotionally abused and. Absolutely every single relationship that I have been in except for my husband, which I am extremely thankful for, but having to like overcome that and realize it and like I've had terrible things said to me. Like My first boyfriend in in high school, w- in the first boy that I had sex with, which is like a huge deal, right? When you're 16 and you're like having sex for the first time, you're like, whoa, there's so many emotions here. He mm. once told me to go kill myself. I mean, like <gasps> awful, yeah. terrible things, but I was like, he loves me. I need to be with him. Um, yeah. That is not love. Just in case anybody is out there and is hearing that from somebody, please walk away. It took me a long time to do it, but walk away from that person. They do not love you. Love yourself more um, and walk away from that bad, bad, bad situation. So for me, it was like overcoming that idea that emotional abuse was love and also we also I came from... a pretty religious family. We grew up Jewish. And when I started dating, I saw a really big difference in my mom and how she approached things with me. She was like, well, you need to marry a Jewish person. And I was like... You've literally never told me this before in my entire life, so you're gonna tell me right now? Like it was, it was. Wow. I was like, okay, dokie. And I'm not the type of person to put like blinders on, right, and be like, well, I'm not gonna love you because you're, you're whatever. Like, it, it's just it, that's not me at all. So also overcoming that idea of having to marry within a certain faith. My husband is not Jewish. We don't know what we're gonna do with our kids and raising them in any specific way but like I just want love to be love so I think that's like my biggest thing is like emotional abuse and figuring out that's not love (laughs) and then religion and that you should be able to love whoever you want to love regardless of race color religion whatever it is like I do not care I just I I think love is love is like so important and it's one of the biggest things that I try and teach my students
2: I think it's shifting a lot now, though. Oh, a lot. You look, a lot of our students, boys and girls, are extremely comfortable in their sexuality. And I mean, I recently just did a job with one of my students and he I found out he had a boyfriend and now he has a girlfriend. And I was like, that's beautiful. And like, there's really no need to like put a hardcore label on it um, because their family just kind of accepts it. And the only ones that I see still struggling are the ones who have family who still adheres to the old paradigm. Mm -hmm. And it's that is really hard because you can see that they're turning into bullies. And I oftentimes have to remind some of the kids who are getting bullied, I'm like, remember where they're coming from because they are not allowed to live their truth. And I specifically have one student who I know for sure is gay. He has told me many, many a time. And he's like, you know, I, I don't know about these feelings and X, Y, and the other Z. And he's like, uh, you know, I, t- I told him, I was like, listen, I, I know it's hard. I said, but you kind of have to come into your truth and realize that you, you know, you might not eventually have your blood family, but you can choose your family. And that's really hard. Um, but I think, again, he's dealing with this, uh, you know, we've all been there where we want to make our parents proud, our family proud, but we don't align with what they're feeling. Yeah. And what that, their definition what of something yeah, is. Yeah. And like that shift happens. So I know right now he's, I've been told, bored on the street is that he's a little bit of a bully. And and I think that's coming from the fact that he's bullying young boys who are living his truth hmm. and it made him sad and I think instead of dealing with the sadness, he's turning to anger because it's easier. Anger is always easier. It's hard to be sad.
0: <laughs> so, totally. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Anger. Yeah, it can be a really easy emotion for some. This, this uh, Thank you so much for sharing these stories. I feel like I'm going to reiterate the point that you said earlier, which is like we all feel the same way. Like we all have these shared stories. So the biggest thing that I've had to integrate in my life is really honoring the fact that I grew up in an abusive household. I was helping a friend interview. I've said this many times on this podcast. I'm going to say it again. I was helping a friend interview for a reality TV show. She was like prepping for it and I was asking her questions and I was like, well, you know, what's the biggest thing you've had to overcome in your life? And she's like, well, you know, my dad left my family and he was abusive towards my mom and that's what I've had to overcome. And I'm like, oh, shit. (laughs) That would not have been my answer. But I grew up with in a family with a lot of mental health issues that was very abusive. <laughs> like I'm laughing now and I'm able to say it now. But like being able to just honor that and say it out loud and share it with the world is like the most important work I think that we can do. And it's just crazy to me that we have so many similarities in our stories. And I'm sure that so many women and humans listening also share similar stories. So you're not alone none of us are alone and i just hope that um this gives like a little bit of inspiration to people to integrate like whatever has defined them in the past or they're avoiding defining their themselves by it took me so long to admit that
2: yeah and and i think that also the big thing too is that when you embrace the ugly parts of you, Mm -hmm. you take their power away. Mm -hmm. And that is really something that's important for me to mention because I think I hid all of those parts of me because I was like, they're ugly and no one's going to love them. And the truth is, it doesn't matter if other people think they're ugly and other people don't love them. It's part of me. I have to love them. I have to embrace them and educate myself on on them. Emotions come and go. They're like clouds. Um, and they're also like toddlers. So sometimes they're going to scream in your face and sit on the ground and be like, no, I don't want to go. And you're going to be like, well, okay, you can sit there while I vacuum around you. Like, Like, I still have to get this done. So sorry if you want to throw a tantrum. And eventually they fall asleep. You throw them in the bed and you're like, see, that wasn't so hard. You know, so (laughs) So that's, I think, just give yourself a little bit of compassion to anybody listening that's struggling today or tomorrow or whenever you're listening. Just give yourself compassion. It's it's okay. You don't have to toxic positivity yourself into not Mm. feeling. Feel the emotion. Give it a name. Tell it it can be there, but it just cannot drive the car. It's too young. (laughs) And then continue about your day.
0: Yeah. It hasn't reached the 16 years of age to get its own driver's license. It has
1: a permit. (laughs) It's very short. It can't reach the pedal. Adult <laughs> must be in the car. Yeah.
0: Like It's like trying to use the accelerator and the brake at the same time I remember doing yeah. it as a kid, which is – I'm like trying to use both. Like this oh, yeah. doesn't work. <laughs> both feet on you they're like, oh, God. Sorry. Stop. Oh, sorry. You're you like, me. it's all right. You're doing,
2: you're doing good. It's okay. You're doing great.
0: <laughs> so good. Okay. Now I'm going to ask you some rapid fire questions. Okay.
2: All right. Let's do it. <sighs> I'm
0: so excited about these. Okay. So what's your favorite part of your body and why?
2: <gasps> My butt. Ooh, I think my eyes. Okay, my butt Why? because um it's like a family heirloom.
1: Oh. <laughs> I thought you were gonna be like it has a family of like yeah, insects. It's,
2: <laughs> it's got a family of five. Um <laughs> goes to work. CEO of a company, Peaches Incorporated. It, tra- it drives its own car. <laughs> a Tesla. It's phenomenal, really. That's where I thought you were going with that. <laughs> no my butt just because it's it's just kind of like something i've always been told in my life that i have a nice butt but also to like think about it it it's like a little cushion for you that you carry around everywhere. oh that's you know good. So it's just, yeah it's just it's, it's just like a little pillow there's so many uses for it i love, I love that. that never thought of that Oh you emily mm-hmm. uh, so
1: i trust my eyes because I've always gotten compliments on them. They're like a weird shade of blue, but in the best way. Um, mm. And I was literally talking to my. It was the first night of Seder last night, <laughs> um, so we went over to my grandpa's house, and he is 92 and has Alzheimer's. Uh, so sometimes Aww. it's a good day, sometimes it's a bad day, and he mm. was ended up talking about his eyes, and he was like, "I can't really see very well." He goes, "Are these the right glasses?" do I have the right eyes? Are these working? (laughs) And we are like, grandpa, we'll go get you some new eyes. No worries. Like, you know what? We play with them a little bit. And he was like, oh, okay, good. He goes, because I don't know if these are my eyes. And I was like, oh, no, they're your eyes. I promise. I was like, but isn't it cool, grandpa, who also has these blue eyes? I go, you gave those to me, grandpa. So your eyes became my eyes and you gave them to me. And then my oldest brother, Zachary, also has those blue eyes.
0: Mm,
1: So I I always like that because I think it's like, she Gener- like a, generation foam. Like it's like right, a, a exactly. I don't know, like a slate blue something. I don't know. It's this weird blue color. It's good. Mm.
2: Hello. For anybody not watching, Hello. I'm staring into
0: it. <laughs> <laughs> There's some eye-gazing happening. Okay. What is your favorite phase of your mental cycle? Mm.
2: Ovulation, because I just feel like I'm a badass bitch. No one can stop me. Oh, yeah. I am gonna fuck hmm. the world. You know? I'm gonna bend mm-hmm. you over. <laughs> strap it on and give it yes. to you and then we're going to oh, have a yes. cigarette and I'm going to spoon you and love you afterwards. Oh, oh my
0: God. God
1: damn! Oh uh, yes. I don't know if I can <laughs> top that she's but like, um, ovulation because I just I get a lot of stuff done during that phase. I don't know if it's what I wanna... she's
2: more practical. <laughs> yeah I
1: don't know. Yeah, yes I'm like I said I am type A. I have to get the list done so like that's a very big thing for me. I'm like I get it. I got it. I do it. Yeah my to-do list is like game
0: changer on that during those love times. That. Getting shit done. Okay. We got some pleasure. We got some practical. I love it. (laughs) All right. What helps keep you going when the going gets tough?
2: Coffee. Mm. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Coffee is one of those things for me that I'm like, I'm, you know, it's like coffee and tea, something about a liquid, some form of flavorful liquid that I'm like, it's like a treat for myself that allows me to think if I can't. I don't know. Mm. It's just, I've always done it. I'm like, I'm going to treat myself and whatever that happens to be at the time I'm like a seltzer. I feel like I'm I've given myself just a little bit of self-love. Yeah. I don't know. It's like a, a nice gift I give myself and I'm hydrating myself at some point.
1: Yeah, that's good. I like
2: it. Um I would
1: which is gonna be so cliche, so I apologize. But like the idea of creativity. So like really the I I love our podcast and I love doing it. I don't care how many people listen, I mean like please listen to our podcast because I think we're doing a really good job. But like We could have 15 listeners and they could help us start making those waves of change. That's really what matters to me is like putting my creativity and my form of intelligence, which I always say is like life intelligence. I may not be book smart, but I am so life smart. I love trying to like keep that creativity going and like spread that creativity and spread that message and just... Hopefully, inspire somebody else to start breaking out of their shell a little bit.
0: Love that. That's amazing. Okay. How can listeners follow along with what you're up to? You can
2: find us on our website, which is www.cyclechats.com over on Instagram at cyclechats. All lowercase, no space. All no space. No space. Um, and we have a blog on the website and a community tab that you can join. And you can read the blogs, you can get to know us. So, those are the main, main places. And then you can find us on all streaming platforms for the most part. Um, and then, just like, sh- sh- not shameless, shame, shame. Shame, shame, I know your name. Shame, shame, I know your name. Please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Or just like DM us and tell us that
1: you've listened. It's so funny how many people are like so reluctant to reach out. But like we actually want to talk because as we always say, like we are better together. So it's funny when we – get really excited. Emily's like, somebody messaged us. Yeah, I I love it. Like it really fuels my fire. So like if you listen and you like something – either reach out to Steph or I or reach out to our guests and say, hey, like I listened and this made me think of that. Like one of my things about social media, right, again, is like people aren't willing to like follow accounts or like give them mm-hmm. like a little bit of, a, of applause or a pat on the mm-hmm. back. But like those people, you have no idea. It, it's this whole thing. There's a blog post about it that I wrote called The Bystander Effect. Um, and you can read it on our website. But it's so- – just because you think somebody else is going to say something doesn't mean that that person is going to do it. You should do it because you want to let them know, whomever content you like, that you are you hear them, you see them. Like that really does matter for small creators like like sure. us. It, it really – yeah, it, it makes us feel – Good, like you're you're out there and and you're listening and we're changing your perspective and that that matters to to us and I promise I will answer I will oh, answer yeah.
2: right away and then she'll let me know she answered yeah and then she'll tell me to answer <laughs> yeah
0: <laughs> you'll hear from both of them <laughs> well I highly highly recommend listening to the Cycle Chats podcast it's amazing your Instagram is hilarious very refreshing very authentic. So fun. Thank you so much for being on the show today. I just had a blast with this conversation. I feel very, feel very full right now in a good way.
2: I mean save room for dessert though, you know.
1: Which will <laughs> maybe be Sarah's episode on our new podcast called Cycle Swaps, which will probably which will air starting in July, which is really exciting, where we hook up with yeah. other female podcasters, which is gonna be amazing. Cause if the conversations are anything like this, which is incredible. I mean, that is like, that is the biggest gift that this podcast has given is just connecting with other women. I forever changed my life. Correct.
0: Oh, 100%. Same. Same. I love that. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Yeah. And as we say
1: on our podcast, we hope that you'll sync up with us.
2: (gasps) Yes.
0: I love that. That's it for today's show. Thank you so, so, so much for listening. I really hope you enjoyed. If you have a moment and you're in the Apple Podcast app, please rate and review the show. I could really use all the ratings I can get. And please share this episode with a friend that may benefit from it. Of course, hit subscribe to keep up with new weekly episodes. And if you're interested in supporting the show and being part of the litAF community, join our Patreon by visiting sarahcohan.com forward slash tip jar. That's dot ncom forward slash tip jar. Thank you again for listening. Please stay lit, lit AF, and I hope to see you back here next week.